It's time now for Setting the Record Straight on KOHI with Melinda Bernard. You can call the show now at 503-397-1600 or toll-free at 877-397-1632. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KOHI, staff, management, or sponsors. Now, here's Melinda. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Friday. You are listening to Setting the Record Straight. We took a little break for the winter holidays, and it was a great few weeks off, but now I'm ready to get back to it. And this morning, we are going to be talking about, once again, COVID, but this time the COVID vaccine. While the rest of the country was trained and focused on what all the insurrection at the state cap, excuse me, the nation's capital on Wednesday, um, our COVID cases hit an all new record. Um, COVID deaths over the last, well, since this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are terrible. Um, yesterday, I believe the COVID, the deaths were 4,085. The day before that was 3,768. Um, we're talking more than 9-11s. People are dying every single day. And um I did say I did, uh, we were going to have uh, the Oregon Health Authority Director, Pat Allen, as my guest this morning, but Pat was pulled away by the governor. Um, she apparently takes precedence over us, but that's okay. We are so pleased and thankful to have Rachel Banks. Uh, Rachel is the Director of the State Public Health, and uh, Rachel's worked in public health for 20 years, and she is more than more than qualified to be with us this morning. Thank you so much, Rachel, for stepping in at the last minute. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's great to be here. So I want to talk about the COVID vaccine, the rollout, but but let's first, let's just talk about the two vaccines that we're looking at. We have Pfizer and we, there's another one from Moderna. And um, can you talk about the vaccines just to begin with, what the differences are between the vaccines. Yeah, so so there are two vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna. They um, are made similarly in the types of vaccines that they are. The differences in them, and so we started out with the Pfizer vaccine, and the, the special thing, if you will, about the Pfizer vaccine is that it needs to be stored in ultra-cold storage. So way colder than uh, your average freezer, than the freezers, or even the deep freezers we may have uh, in our homes. And so that was the first vaccine that rolled out. These vaccines are highly um, effective. So Pfizer's at 95%, they're both basically 95% um, effective, which is fantastic and greater than, than we hoped for. The Moderna was the second vaccine that came on to the market about a week later. Um, that does not require the ultra cold storage, and that also is you know 94 plus percent uh, effective in um, preventing severe illness from COVID 19. Okay, and right now, Oregon has which vaccine? Pfizer, Moderna, Moderna, or both? Both. Oregon has both. We started. Um, initially getting the Pfizer vaccine, which was rolled out to hospitals at first. And that has a lot to do with who can maintain that ultra cold storage, who has that capability. And then Moderna came. So right now in Oregon, we have both Pfizer and Moderna. Okay. And right now we're at the what the Oregon Health Authority is calling the tier one rollout. Who is in tier one? Yeah. So tier one, and, and you may also hear it called phase 1A, it has healthcare personnel, and I'll talk about who's it, who healthcare workers are um, defined as, and then also those people who are working or living in long-term care facilities. So our definition of healthcare workers is really broad. We want to make sure that we captured anybody who's working in a healthcare setting. That could be people like um, doctors or nurses, specialists, but also people like healthcare interpreters, doulas. Um, people who support those um, in uh, substance use recovery. It also includes people who are working in hospitals that may be um, cooking and serving food, that may be cleaning rooms, that may be doing other um, functions, getting patients checked in and those sort of things. So it's, it's a really broad 
uh, categorization of healthcare personnel, which also, um, you know, includes people who work in behavioral health, includes people who are working with um, our neighbors who may have developmental, intellectual, or physical disabilities. It includes those people who may be going into homes and providing care or helping people with, um, you know, daily living tasks. So basically, if you are helping somebody in the medical field and you have person-to-person contact, you are eligible for this first rollout of the vaccine. Yes, and that includes if you are paid or volunteer, that can that includes medical students um, or other folks as well. Really, medical students, so in Oregon, if you're at any of the medical schools, and even if you're a first year and you don't have patient contact, are you still going to get the vaccine or is it just patient contact? We're focused on patient contact and in, in 1A we have groupings um, which which we're being more flexible about. Uh, initially we rolled out uh, four groupings with the first priority really being those people who have direct contact you know with potentially infectious fluids or potentially infectious patients and then we move on through those who may um, have uh, contact through an inpatient or an outpatient setting uh, but the focus is on those wanting to get first with those who are who are going to have that sort of contact, that potential patient contact. I'm not sure if you can answer this since I realize you're the director of Oregon Public Health and you're not the director of the Oregon Health Authority. Um, but I had planned some hard questions for Pat, but I'm going to ask you one of them. Um, I've read in the media, other media, that hospital administrators who don't have contact, maybe people working in billing or coding or HR, were also offered the vaccine. Um, is that is that the case, even though they don't have contact? I think it is the case. And what we've seen is, um, you know, initially, like I mentioned, we put out the, the priorities of and, and which order. And another thing about the vaccine that's really important to know is it comes in really, it comes in batches or doses. And so we also don't want to see any vaccine go to waste. And we've learned a lot about how to get the vaccine out. You know, there's how you think about it on one hand, but then how to actually do it. It's like the plan that you've made up and then like how to get things done. And so many health systems and hospitals have found that um, you know, it's most efficient and easiest to get a large group of their employees vaccinated at the same time. So they went through those folks first, primarily who had patient contact, um, and then also if there are other employees that they have and they have vaccine, because uh, ultimately we don't want to see vaccine go to waste either. So were the batches of vaccine sent to let's say um, the hospital systems, Legacy, Providence, OHSU, that sort of thing, Kaiser, were they sent to those groups and they determined who received the vaccine following OHA and, and your guidance? Yeah, and the initial, the initial doses went out to hospital systems, just like you uh, mentioned some of them. And we gave guidance on the, the groups and the first priorities 1A. And then hospital systems made plans on how to get that done. That, um, you know, there's some particulars on how they may have done it. Too. They may have staggered shifts or broken their, uh, you know, crews out in different sorts of ways. But those systems made determinations based on our guidance and based on the guidance from the Centers for Disease Control how to vaccinate people in their system. And then currently we're working with our local public health authorities that's, that's in counties, you know, your county health um, department or authority who's also working with health systems and um, other, other folks to determine how to get vaccines out more broadly. I'll say one other thing about how vaccines are being um, distributed currently that we haven't talked about yet is through a federal pharmacy partnership. So CVS, Walgreens, and Consensus are um, vaccinating our neighbors and elders and um, parents and grandparents in long-term care facilities and they will be working in those those facilities throughout Oregon. So they're going to the facilities. The, the folks don't have to go into Walgreens. They can, those pharmacy techs or who, I mean, who, who is administering the, the injections? Are, they're not pharmacists, obviously. Are they pharmacy techs? Are they people trained to give injections? 
Yeah, there's definitely people trained to give injections, and you're right that they are at this point going into the facility, so people um, are not are not having to go into pharmacies. We do anticipate later it'll it will um, reach pharmacies, but not right now. Okay, excellent. All right, well, thank you so much. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the differences and what you need to know about the differences between the two vaccines. And we're going to talk about some some myths and some facts regarding the COVID-19 vaccine. This is Setting the Record Straight. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Columbia River Carpet One in Rainier, Oregon is open for business and we've taken the precautions of making everything safe. So if you want to come in to buy floor covering, now's the time at Columbia River Carpet One. We've got special prices on waterproof luxury tile. We stock it and we have it on a special price right now from $1.99 a square foot. What a great buy. Carpeting, we've got several specials right now on carpeting where you can get the carpet installed with pad at one low price. So if you want to buy carpeting or you want to buy waterproof floors, you want to come to Columbia River Carpet one in Rainier, Oregon. Here's a question for you. Do you want to make sure you and your family are breathing clean and pure air in your home? Then call Western Heating and Cooling today. Ask about installing the Air Scrubber Advanced System. It's the same one used on the International Space Station, and you'll be impressed with how it cleans and purifies your air for an affordable price. It uses only 18 watts of power, but gets rid of those irritating particles, lingering odors, and contaminants. Air Scrubber Advanced System is available for you today at Western Heating and Cooling. Call for more information or a demonstration, 503-543-5599. You'll love the affordable price and the clean air. 503-543-5599. What do I like about Candy's Coffee South just south of Scat Boots on Highway 30? They're open early Monday through Saturday 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Sunday 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And the waffle bread is awesome for the breakfast sandwiches and 55 regular coffee flavors, 35 sugar-free flavors. And the waffle bread. Candy's Coffee South has gluten-free items, soy, coconut, and almond milk, too. Candy's is on Facebook, Google, and Yelp. Candy's Coffee South, your coffee stop on Highway 30 south of Stampoos. Call your order in, 503-543-2987. Did I mention the waffle bread? Bill Eagle, I heard that Columbia County Rider has reduced their rates. Yes, it's only $2 any place inside county. What? $2 in county? Only $2. What about outside the county? Okay, it's $3. Okay, Bill, so that's $2 in county, $3 outside the county, and... If you're a veteran, if you're a student, if you're a senior citizen, it's $1 in county and $2 outside of county. And that's CC Rider. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. It's setting the record straight on KOHI with Melinda Bernard. Call the show now at 503-397-1600. And we're back. You're listening to Setting the Record Straight. We're talking about the COVID-19 vaccine this morning. My guest is the Oregon Public Health Director, Rachel Banks. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, Rachel. Um, Rachel, can we talk a, a little bit about the two vaccines and and why there's a difference between when you are when you would get the second dose for each one? Um, I believe Pfizer is for 16, is, is recommended for 16 years old and up. And the interesting thing is that once you have your vaccine, three weeks later, 21 days later, you can get the second dose. But Moderna is different. Yeah, so um, thank you for that. Pfizer is, um, and once again, that's the first dose, the first vaccine that came out, the ultra-cold storage one, and that was tested in those 16 and older. And so really when the recommendations for age get made and approved by the Centers for Disease Control and the um, FDA, 
the Food and Drug Administration, it's based on where the vaccine was tested. So the data that they're looking at to see if it's safe and effective is based on who were in those vaccine trials. And so the Pfizer vaccine has been approved for those 16 years and older. The Moderna vaccine is 18 and older. And once again, based on who they um, tested, which is a great thing. Both of these vaccines had large trials. And um, one thing that I really appreciate about the vaccine trials is that they had a large amount, 40% uh, of, of those who were older or people of color. So they really wanted to test these products on a wide variety of people to make sure that they would work well, you know, really across the, the United States. They do, um, they're a little, they, they basically work the same, but they're a little bit different. And so one has the, the cold storage and one doesn't. And in terms of when you get your booster shot, there's a weak difference between the two of them. So the Moderna, um, as you mentioned, uh, would come about four weeks later and the Pfizer's a, a little quicker, about 21 days later. Okay, so let's talk about people who are getting the vaccine now. Um, I, we have reports for folks out here in Columbia County that first responders, fire department, uh, police officers have had the option of receiving their vaccine. How do we, how do they know which one they've had? Where do they come back for their second shot? And how do we know there's going to be a, a batch coming out? How has that been worked out? Yeah. So the um, federal government has held back the second batch. So we know that they have those batches right now. So when we're giving out batches, we know that there are batches held and we are getting weekly allotments um, of, of those batches. So we've started to get second doses and people um, will continue to get their second doses. So in terms of what vaccine people got, um, whoever administered the vaccine uh, gives the vaccine to them and then they enter the information into a secure system that says what sort of vaccine and who got vaccinated and that that's how we know who's getting vaccinated and, and um, what the numbers are and so that system allows us to understand which vaccine someone got even if they don't remember per se you know what, what was <laughs> which one was that um, and then they will be given instructions to to come back and get that second dose ideally in the, the same manner that they got uh, the first dose. But if that's not the case, uh, folks can contact their provider or us and we'll, we'll be able to let them know where they can get that second dose. Okay, okay, great. Um, so in a small community like ours, if somebody got them from Walgreens, um, let's just say, and Walgreens doesn't, didn't have the second dose, you're saying that they could contact the state public health department and you would be able to say, well, you can go into Providence or you can go to Legacy or wherever. So right now where we're at is that Walgreens, uh, we don't have those at, at Walgreens at this point. People couldn't walk in and go to a Walgreens, but Walgreens is administering through a long-term care partnership. So if, if you got your first dose in uh, you know, Columbia County from Walgreens, let's say, then they would be coming back in, in three or four weeks to give that second dose. Okay, okay. Earlier in the show, you talked about how there was this the concept of rollout versus the reality. What have we learned about this first tier rollout and how is that going to affect or will it affect how the rollout is going to happen for the general public? Yeah, I think we've learned, um, you know, a variety of things. And some of them are the nuts and bolts of how to receive and, you know, things like which loading dock and what time. So, all, you know, things that, you know, maybe boring, but those, those technical details that have been worked out. We've also learned um, about how, you know, with the batch sizes that we need to have, um, we need to have some more flexibility in the groupings of who's able to get vaccinated. So initially we started out with, this is tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, um, but we wanna maximize uh, efficiency and effectiveness and, you know, things like whereby if there's a, a group of folks, let's just say, that are on um, a long-term care facility. At one point, we might have differentiated, let's start with this sort of facility and then move to this one. But, you know, some of what the learnings were is like, well, what if they're all on the same campus? Wouldn't it be more effective to, to just, you know, go from, from this site to this site while you're on there? So those are a lot of the, the learnings as well. We've also learned a lot about how to order vaccine and work with our federal government um, to get on a regular rotation of, of vaccine. 
I do think those things will um, impact the rollout for the general public. I think we've also learned that communications are very important. Um, there are a lot of moving parts in vaccine distribution. There's making sure that providers know what to do and how to vaccinate people. And then there's making sure that people understand you know, things like, where am I in the vaccine process? Where do I go to get my vaccines? What should I be expecting? And so you'll continue to see a lot of um, communications, which is why I'm so thankful to be on your show to be talking about this. Um, and, and we'll keep communicating uh, with the public in a variety of different ways. What, th thank you for that. When do you anticipate the rollout? And I know this is a big question and it's probably <laughs> might be above what information you have, when are we looking at the rollout for the average citizen, somebody who, you know, doesn't fall into any of the, the high risk categories? Yeah, that is the million dollar question. Um, I don't have a precise answer for you, but I'll, I'll lay out a couple of things. Um, some of the caveats are right now we have allocations. We have two vaccines. We have some um, projections from the Centers for Disease Control at the federal level about when we'll be getting vaccines. but. We're not certain every week, you know, throughout the next six months or 12 months. The other thing is um, there may be additional vaccines on the market as well that, that come out and that get approved. There are some other ones that are going through their trials and, and may come out. So there may be more or less supply there. But I can tell you it's going to take probably longer than all of us would want it to take um, with a, you know, vaccine that's so highly anticipated and, and fewer supply. I tend to want to... Um, project longer, but I think that the general public, you know, once again, this is this is not perfect, um, but you know, we should be looking and anticipating that it could be later spring, summer before um, you know we're able to to start vaccinating the, the general public. Wow, that's a long time, especially in light of us hitting terrible records every single day nationwide. Oregon's had the last couple days, knock on wood. Um, our case count has gone, it, it's gone down. Prior to that, it was at an all-time high, as you know. Um, so we still have quite a long way to go. And even those folks who have been vaccinated, even the, the healthcare workers, the high-risk folks, um, the guidance is that you are still, um, you're not protected until at least seven days after the second dose. Is that correct? Yeah, we definitely want to keep the message out there that people continue to wear masks and face coverings and they continue to physically distance, um, continue to limit those gathering sizes. I think there's a lot that we're learning about the vaccines um, and, and that we know that, that they produce great hope um, but it'll take a while for enough of us to get vaccinated to, you know, really let our guard down. Do you have numbers on how many Oregonians have been vaccinated to date? Yeah, we're tracking that and we have that information on our um, website. I can uh, definitely follow up and get you that, that link. Um, I apologize, I don't have the today's numbers off the top of my head, but we do look at that every uh, day. And I, I would just put one caveat with the numbers is that um, the people have a up to three days to get information into the system about vaccination. So it's a lagging number. So, and we know that our health systems are most focused on vaccinating people and, um, you know, then, then getting the information into systems, which, you know, makes sense. And so we're working with them to get, to get the information in a little bit quicker so we can be more current. I can tell you that, um, Oregon has received over about 125,000 uh, vaccines thus far, and health systems are, you know, every day working to vaccinate more and more people. And ultimately, our goal is, um, you know, in the next week or so, to get up to 12,000 doses a day. Wow. Okay. Okay. But of course, that is. It all depends on these vaccines are coming from the federal government, correct? Correct. And yeah. Do you anticipate a change in the number of doses that Oregon may or may not get um, after January 20th, after the Biden administration takes over? You know, I can't say that for certain. What we've um, been told thus far with the current administration is that their goal is to uh, make sure we have a steady supply of vaccines coming and um, 
and that we, you know, clearly have enough for those second doses. So they've been approaching it as let's make sure there's a steady supply of first doses and those are always matched with second doses. Okay. All right. Good to know. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the misinformation about this vaccine that is unfortunately very prevalent on social media, some myths and some facts. And if you have any questions, now is the time to call into the show. So we'll, we'll be right back. This is Setting the Record Straight. Stay with us. There's a lot more to come. Columbia River Carpet One in Rainier, Oregon is open for business, and we've taken the precautions of making everything safe. So if you want to come in to buy floor covering, now's the time at Columbia River Carpet One. We've got special prices on waterproof luxury tile. We stock it, and we have it on the special price right now from $1.99 a square foot. What a great buy. Carpeting, we've got several specials right now on carpeting where you can get the carpet installed with pad at one low price. So if you want to buy carpeting or you want to buy waterproof floors, you want to come to Columbia River Carpet one in Rainier, Oregon. Here's a question for you. Do you want to make sure you and your family are breathing clean and pure air in your home? Then call Western Heating and Cooling today. Ask about installing the Air Scrubber Advanced System. It's the same one used on the International Space Station, and you'll be impressed with how it cleans and purifies your air for an affordable price. It uses only 18 watts of power, but gets rid of those irritating particles, lingering odors, and contaminants. Air Scrubber Advanced System is available for you today at Western Heating and Cooling. Call for more information or a demonstration. 503-543-5599. You'll love the affordable price and the clean air. 503-543-5599. What do I like about Candy's Coffee South just south of Scat Boots on Highway 30? They're open early Monday through Saturday 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Sunday 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And the waffle bread is awesome for the breakfast sandwiches and 55 regular coffee flavors, 35 sugar-free flavors. And the waffle bread. Candy's Coffee South has gluten-free items, soy, coconut, and almond milk, too. Candy's is on Facebook, Google, and Yelp. Candy's Coffee South, your coffee stop on Highway 30 south of Stampoos. Call your order in, 503-543-2987. Did I mention the waffle bread? Bill Eagle, I heard that Columbia County Rider has reduced their rates. Yes, it's only $2 any place inside county. What? $2 in county? Only $2. What about outside the county? Okay, it's $3. Okay, Bill, so that's $2 in county, $3 outside the county, and... If you're a veteran, if you're a student, if you're a senior citizen, it's $1 in county and $2 outside of county. And that's CC Rider. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. It's setting the record straight on KOHI with Melinda Bernard. Call the show now at 503-397-1600. And we're back. You're listening to Setting the Record Straight. We're talking about the COVID-19 vaccine this morning with my guest, the Oregon Public Health Director, Rachel Banks. Again, Rachel, thank you again for joining us this morning. And I wanted to talk about a little bit about how this vaccine works. Uh, there, there's a lot of misinformation on social media and this vaccine is an mRNA, M generally meaning messenger RNA vaccine, which is a little different, works a little different than your average vaccine. Did you wanna talk about a little bit about that, Rachel? Sure, I can talk a little bit about that. So the mRNA vaccine, like you said, is, is um, some people are familiar with vaccines where you may have a bit of a virus uh, in the vaccine. This doesn't work like that. So what the mRNA vaccine does is it contains material from the virus that causes COVID-19 that gives our cells instructions for how to make a protein that lets our body, that, that begins our body fighting COVID-19. So when we um, are infected, you know, our body creates these, these muscle memories, these little fighters um, and immunity. And so what this does is it, it creates um, that harmless protein, it replicates it, and then our um, bodies know that that's not supposed to be there, and so they work to then fight that off. And um, it's, a, it's a 
really amazing technology that's been in the works for some time. Uh, I know some people think, oh, this vaccine was made really quickly, but the, the vaccine technology that's being used has been in the works for some time and they were able to then quickly um, modify it to be able to fight COVID-19. Okay, thank you so much. And the myth surrounding this is that <laughs> that it, the RNA is going to somehow change people's DNA, um, which is absolutely um, is not true because virologists explain that the mRNA in the vaccine doesn't need to go into the nucleus of the cell. It doesn't have to get into the cell for our bodies to, like you said, replicate that protein. And in the nucleus of the cell is where the DNA is. So that is definitely one of the myths that we, we need to bust on here. Um, and I'm interested, I, thank you so much for bringing up the, um, the fact that this was, you know, people think that this has been developed really, really quickly. Um, there's been a great explanation about this. Um, and one of the issues is that coronavirus is, as you know, one of the viruses that common cold is part of the coronavirus. And so virologists have been working for a very long time to try and come up with vaccines. So this is not, the coronavirus in general is not unknown to everyone. It is that this is the new, obviously that's why they call it the novel coronavirus. Um, so before we get into the next myth busting, we did have a call from Katie. Katie is 70 and she would like to know is she going to be, like, when is she going to be able to get her vaccine? Because she is older, an older adult. Do you have, an, uh, do you have any sort of time frame for her? Yeah, well, thanks, Katie. Great question. Thank you for calling in. Um, so where we are now in the vaccine um, process is we talked about 1A and, and healthcare workers and those folks who are in long-term care facilities. We are working with the Vaccine Advisory Committee right now and who will be making recommendations uh, this month on prioritization of what we call 1B. And 1B includes, uh, can include, this is what the CDC recommends, our Vaccine Advisory Committee can, um, can take this, may alter it, that we look at um, critical workers and those over 65. And, and so that will be the conversation that the Vaccine Advisory Committee is having it in determining, you know, in, in what order do we want to go next with the, the uh, vaccine. So more to come on that. That is the next conversation uh, that's coming up and that the Vaccine Advisory Committee is looking at right now. So uh, the, the Advisory Committee is a 27-member committee. We had over uh, almost 700 applications for folks that wanted to be on that committee. So thank you, Oregonians, for your interest there. Um, and they will be working hard to, to determine um, both for age and, and, and people uh, like Katie as well as critical workers and those workers who have been working to keep our society going. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Oh, Katie, I hope that answered your question. Um, okay, the next myth is that people are dying from the vaccine. Yeah, that, that is absolutely not happening. Um, in fact, in the tests that, that have been done, and so the way that they do some of these vaccine trials is there's people who get the vaccine and there's something called a placebo, which is basically a, not a vaccine, a fake. Um, and those are, you know, randomized control um, studies. And so there were not deaths in the vaccine trials. Um, this vaccine works extremely well um, to prevent serious illness and death, um, more so than in the placebo group where you had more deaths in that placebo group than you did in the vaccine group. So more people dying, not getting the vaccine in the trials than there were um, in the vaccine trials. Okay. And let's talk about allergic reactions. There have been folks who have had allergic reactions, which is always a risk when you have a vaccine. And how, how are the healthcare workers who are administering the vaccine assuring that if somebody is going into an anaphylaxic shock, that, I mean, how, how do we know? I mean, you, you don't just get the vaccine and leave, correct? Correct. So um, initially when the vaccine was uh, being rolled out in the UK, there were reports of allergic reactions. The Centers for Disease Control here in the United States uh, looked at that and, and put out recommendations to really um, prevent that here. And some of those recommendations are 
that people must receive vaccine in the care of somebody or a place that can care for anaphylactic shock if something were to happen. And then it's administered by folks who have that training. So that's one of the protections. The other is that there's a, um, a period that someone needs to look after you for 15 minutes. So we're not in a situation where people are getting vaccines and walking out the door. There is that period of time to ensure that there are no negative or bad reactions from the vaccine uh, before someone is allowed to leave. Okay, thank you. So uh, this is one of the more, the wilder uh, myths out there is that the vaccine contains live or whole coronavirus. Uh, one of my favorites, microchips, tracer technology, fetal tissue, stem cells, mercury, aluminum, luciferase, which I'm not even sure what that is, the mark of the beast, um, not really sure about that, pork products or preservatives. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in that. Um, you know, we know that the, the virus, as we talked about, has a, a different sort of a technology, which is the mRNA, um, or excuse me, I, I think I said the virus, the vaccine. Um, <laughs> let me not let my slip up contribute to the myth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so the vaccine uh, does not contain live virus, does, does not contain a variety of, of things. And folks can... You know, the great thing about our vaccine trials here in the United States and our vaccine information is that we have more thorough and more accessible information than, than anywhere else in the world. All of the raw data from the FDA is available to folks. I know, you know, people may not want to go <laughs> and dig down all into it, but it's, it's there in terms of what's in the vaccine, um, the products that are in the vaccine and, and what's not. But once again, this is not a, a live or whole virus vaccine. Okay, thank you. And also, um, one of the best, another good explanation that I've read is that, um, you know, that the reason there aren't preservatives, right? And that's one of the reasons that they have to stay so cold. Um, that, you know, on the internet, people say all this crazy stuff because I don't know if it's, if people are, genuinely worried or they're trolls or it's disinformation from a foreign government or all of the above but I, I just that one just really the mark of the beast though that 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 one uh it is pretty is pretty funny well and I do appreciate you you uh, saying that about the cold storage and that is ex exactly it um based on how cold the vaccines have to be stored um you know definitely their shelf life um, isn't long like you would see in, in food or other things with preservatives. And you know, uh, and, and the, the thing about pork is that there are people of certain faiths um, and also folks who are vegetarians and vegans who would be concerned that it was created using, that the vaccine was created using gelatin, um, which can often be derived from pigs. Um, but um, the two current vaccines that we have, like the ones we've been talking about all morning, and um, the ones that are being developed are, are gelatin free. So that is also, people people should know this. And as far as the mark of the beast, I'm not really sure what that would mean, that you would get like some mark on your face or something, but you know, all right. Well, We've not seen any, um, any concerning marks appear on folks who've been vaccinated. That is, <laughs> is really, really, really good to know. Um, also, I'm sure there are other, you know, there are other conspiracy theories out there that we haven't been able to hit. But um, those, right now, those are the top ones. We do have another one to cover, but uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, another myth and how you can get more information about public health, not just the state public health, but local public health. So stay with us. This is Setting the Record Straight. Columbia River Carpet One in Rainier, Oregon is open for business and we've taken the precautions of making everything safe. So if you want to come in to buy floor covering, now's the time at Columbia River Carpet One. We've got special prices on waterproof luxury tile. We stock it and we have it on a special price right now from $1.99 a square foot. What a great buy. Carpeting, we've got several specials right now on carpeting where you can get the carpet installed with pad at one low price. So if you want to buy carpeting or you want to buy waterproof floors, you want to come to Columbia River Carpet one in Rainier, Oregon. Here's a question for you. Do you want to make sure you and your family are breathing clean and pure air in your home? Then call Western Heating and Cooling today. Ask about installing the Air Scrubber Advanced System. 
It's the same one used on the International Space Station, and you'll be impressed with how it cleans and purifies your air for an affordable price. It uses only 18 watts of power, but gets rid of those irritating particles, lingering odors, and contaminants. Air Scrubber Advanced System is available for you today at Western Heating and Cooling. Call for more information or a demonstration. 503-543-5599. You'll love the affordable price and the clean air. 503-543-5599. What do I like about Candy's Coffee South just south of Scat Boots on Highway 30? They're open early Monday through Saturday 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Sunday 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And the waffle bread is awesome for the breakfast sandwiches and 55 regular coffee flavors, 35 sugar-free flavors, and the waffle bread. Candy's Coffee South has gluten-free items, soy, coconut, and almond milk, too. Candy's is on Facebook, Google, and Yelp. Candy's Coffee South, your coffee stop on Highway 30 south of Stampoos. Call your order in, 503-543-2987. Did I mention the waffle bread? Bill Eagle, I heard that Columbia County Rider has reduced their rates. Yes, it's only $2 any place inside county. What? $2 in county? Only $2. What about outside the county? Okay, it's $3. Okay, Bill, so that's $2 in county, $3 outside the county, and... If you're a veteran, if you're a student, if you're a senior citizen, it's $1 in county and $2 outside of county. And that's CC Rider. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. It's setting the record straight on KOHI with Melinda Bernard. Call the show now at 503 397 1600. This morning with Rachel Banks. Rachel is the director of the Oregon Public Health Department, and we're talking about the COVID-19 vaccine. And I wanted to finish up our conversation with some more myths that need to be busted. Um, rumors have been circulating that the vaccine is designed to control or eliminate certain groups within our society uh, to allow for mind control of vaccinated people or to allow certain elite members of society to rule us. What would you say to that? You know, I would say definitely we've had a long history with vaccines. Um, you know, I'm a, a public health person and, and some of the greatest diseases of our, our time have all been eradicated from vaccines, things that, um, you know, many people and, and particularly the younger generation had no idea ever existed. Uh, so vaccines have been around for a long time as a key public health intervention, and this is really no different. Um, you know, vaccines work the best, not when they're just a, a group of people, uh, but, but when there's wide access to them. And, you know, scientifically, as we're looking at, ultimately, we want the, the best way to have a, you know, free mind is to be alive and to be able and not to be sick so so that you can exercise whatever choices uh, that you want and i really see that COVID is helping us to ensure that people are able to you know to not get severely sick to not die to then have the free mind and and you know believe and pursue whatever sorts of, of beliefs that they want so my goal as a public health director is to keep as many people healthy and alive as possible um, so that, that they can you know continue to research and believe whatever it is that they would like to great thank you so the next one i wanted to tackle um, new mutations in the coronavirus have been reported uh, which may change the exact nature of the proteins on its surface this has led to fears that vaccines developed so far might not work against these new mutants because the vaccines are based on teaching the body to recognize those proteins and attack them in the future. Um, so what what about that? I mean, you know, I know the vaccine makers say that the new mutations have not outsmarted the vaccines. Is that a real concern? I think it's something that we'll, we'll continue to look at. As you mentioned, the vaccine makers are aware of the uh, mutations and are um, 
indicating the, the span that their vaccine will cover. And um, we'll continue, and I know the Centers for Disease Control is continuing to monitor the um, mutations and, and understand that we will continue to do that. It's not totally unexpected you know, at all that viruses mutate. Uh, we know that that happens and we'll continue to monitor it. But this time, uh, I don't think there's any indication to believe that, that um, you know, as you mentioned, that those mutations have have gone beyond vaccines. And at the same time, we'll, we're continuing to gather information on vaccine um, effectiveness and the mutations as well. We will continue to do that and share what information we have with the public. Sure, right. Well, one of the interesting, we, we had talked about this earlier in the show, is, you know, the concern that the vaccines were developed really fast. But one of the most interesting explanations that I've read is that because, you know, the coronavirus has been around, that um, virologists and scientists have worked to develop what they call a platform approach. So they describe it like a drill that can accept different uh, types of bits, different sizes, and that, um, or a food processor, you know, that can accept different kinds of blades. Um, so it's a platform. And by using this platform strategy is how they were able to get the vaccine. Uh, well, we, it, it it's quickly in terms of science, didn't seem quickly in terms of what's happened. Um, <clears throat> but that, so I would think that if it were truly to mutate to the point where it was a huge issue, that they might be able to tweak it using that platform and be able to get it out, roll it out, now that there's a little bit of, of, of experience here. And it, it sounds, I mean, that lar there are more than obviously Pfizer and Moderna working on vaccines. You know, other countries have are working on. They're rolling them out. So I think that I think that we're in a good place there, don't you? Yeah, and I really like the way that you um, described described that using the analogy of the of the drill bit. So I think that that's a really helpful um, practical way to think about it in the in the platform. As you mentioned, yes, there are a lot of people working on vaccines in other countries. We have a couple of vaccines here um, in the United States uh, as as well in AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson that could very well be rolling out as well. So there's a lot of um, science going on and it, it's really great to see. And I think it's, it's really um, a great American accomplishment what we're seeing with vaccine development right now. So what are your recommendations for folks who have already had their vaccine or who will be getting the vaccine soon? Are they able just to go walk, walk, waltz into Fred Meyer without a mask? Um, can it be business as usual? Should they be getting on an airplane? What are your recommendations? Yeah, well, thank you for that. One thing I would want to say is um, that, that folks who may be getting vaccines, um, don't be alarmed if you may have some mild symptoms that are that may happen for some folks that could include, you know, redness at the injection site, feeling um, a little tired, all of those sort of things. That's your body um, working. That those, are, those are signs that um, we want to see. Um, so that's the first thing. The second is that we know that the vaccine works to reduce severe illness and death. Um, information is still coming in in terms of, of the trans, if, it, if someone who has the vaccine is still able to transmit it. So we want to continue to have folks wearing masks when they're walking into Fred Meyers, uh, maintaining social distancing or physical distancing, washing your hands, all of those uh, sorts of things. So, you know, keep up keep up the good work. Um, and as we get more people vaccinated and have more information, then we'll talk about when we're able to start rolling back some of the uh, precautions that we've, we've had in place for so long that people are working so hard to, to do. So as you know, Asian countries have worn masks for like, I don't know, since H1N1, uh, 2008. So what, 12, 13 years. Um, and it was considered just politeness and I'm wondering, does, do you think that the mask wearing will continue? And do you have, I don't know if you are tracking this, but have seasonal flus and colds dropped? Because I would think if everyone is, if you're socially distancing and you're wearing a mask, should we should see a drop in that, shouldn't we? The last I um, looked at the, the flu numbers, they, they had, um, they were lower than the previous year. Um, and I think, yeah, that we, we, we will see some additional mask wearing. Uh, that's 
that's what I predict. We'll see uh, how that rolls out with folks. But just continuing on that just have have either felt comfortable with it or feel like it's a it's an extra ge gesture um, from a variety of different things, whether it's a common cold or the flu or whatnot. We know that face coverings help with all of those. And, um, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea in that sense. Okay. Plus so there's some pretty cool ones coming up. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know they're, they're getting really, really nice, cute. How, um, how do folks get information? Um, I was hoping that uh, Columbia County Public Health Director Mike Paul, who was a frequent visitor to setting the record straight, was was going to be able to pop on this morning, but he um, he's, he's in another meeting. And I'm hoping you can give us a, a website, um, a link where people can check in because for folks who are, you know, how are we going to know when the vaccine is available? Uh, many people don't have primary care physicians. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have insurance. So how, how are we going to know that it's here and ready yeah. Well, the vaccine will be um, free. It's paid for by the federal government. So that's one thing we want to make sure that there's free access to folks. I would definitely, you know, check in with the Columbia County Public Health or also Oregon Health Authority website. We have a COVID page. You can Google Oregon Health Authority COVID-19 um, and get to that. There's daily updates. There's a variety of different um, information on, on all sorts of topics, including vaccines. And that's a great place to get information including in a variety of different um, languages as well. Okay, thank you. And and what do you wanna leave the listeners with? Well, what kind of message or is there anything else that we haven't covered that you would like them to know? I just wanna leave um, listeners with, you know, thank you to be the public health director in Oregon um, relative to the rest of the country because we've taken this seriously, because we've maintained our hospital capacity. We have some of the lower rates um, out of any other state in the country, and that is because of, of folks. So I want to thank folks, um, but I want to say we're not out of the woods yet. We're concerned about the impacts of the uh, Christmas holiday and New Year's. Uh, the vaccine's here. It's hopeful, but we have to keep um, going and um, you know keep being diligent throughout the, the spring. And so to those who are taking this seriously, thank you so much. You've helped us be a, a leader in the nation. Thank you so much. And I do want to also say that I, I read this morning that uh, health officials in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia are expecting a massive surge after Wednesday's ish, uh, insurgents at the Capitol. There were thousands of people without masks then they got on planes and went back to their home states. So I know one person in Oregon who I believe she was arrested. That's why I knew about her who had, had gone. So just remember, it's very, it's vital that everyone still wear masks, wash your hands and do some social distancing. We don't have any huge um, holidays or past us. So hopefully we won't have a lot of gatherings and hopefully we can get on top of this. Anyway, that is it for us today. I want to thank everyone for joining us. We'll be back next Friday. Until then, have a great week. This has been Setting the Record Straight. You've been listening to Setting the Record Straight with Melinda Bernard on KOHI. Listen again next Friday here on AM 1600. You can email the show, kohi.radio at gmail.com or email Melinda, strsradio at gmail.com.